1: You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Purple Row podcast for and by Rockies fans. Thank you for joining us as we discuss all things baseball and Colorado Rockies. Welcome to Affected by Altitude. This is your one-stop shop for all Rockies news, updates, hot takes, cold takes, and any takes in between. As always, I am your host, and my name is Mac Wilcox, and I am joined by my two compatriots, the Donald and Goofy to my Sora, and that is Skylar Timmons. Oh, yuck. <laughs> Perfect execution. And this is a tough one for you, Evan. Evan Lang. Uh, I can't do a Donald Duck for Oh, man, I had to set you up. <laughs> But I will That's tell crazy. you
0: that when you walk away, you there won't hear me say, there Please. it is, oh baby, don't go.
1: This is, of course, the Kingdom Hearts-themed episode. Nah, but this is affected by altitude. That was amazing. That's the best intro we've ever, we've ever done. Don't cut a minute of that. <laughs> um, this is affected by altitude, a Purple Row-hosted podcast. Purple Row, of course, the SB Nation affiliation for the Colorado Rockies and we're here to talk to you about all kinds of Rockies news, updates, and like I said, all kinds of hot takes, especially around what's been actually sort of a crazy week for the Rockies. The first week of their offseason has actually had a lot of news. But before we get into that, we do, of course, start every single episode with an icebreaker. This week's icebreaker that we'd love to hear from you on Twitter about. Let us know the answer to the following question. The Rockies bring in one free agent this offseason. As we know, the Rockies are not big on free agent signings in their offseason, especially the last couple seasons. But let's just say, for the purpose of this here exercise, the Rockies bring in one free agent, one of your choice. Starting with you, Evan, who is your dream signing that the Rockies bring in in this off season?
0: Um, So I have two answers, actually.
1: Lame, but okay.
0: But my non-sentimental answer is uh, Kevin Gaussman the starting pitcher for the San Francisco Giants. He had a really, really fantastic season, and he's a Colorado native, and I think it would be nice to to get him in with this rotation if mm. we do not bring back John Gray, just to sort of be the veteran leader of the team, especially because he does know pitching in altitude because he grew up here. Uh, the sentimental answer would be Trevor Story.
1: Of course. Good picks, though. What do you say, Skyler?
2: Uh, So I'm looking through, and I think the biggest thing that I'm thinking of, thinking of what they need in terms of what they need, uh, looking at free agent outfielders, because that outfield needs a a bit more pop and needs some adjustment. And so looking at that one, I think a lot of – I guess one of my dream options would be to get somebody like Nick Castellanos out there. Uh, I don't know how he is defensively, but with Mm -hmm. that bat and hopefully how it would play at Coors Field and just with the Rockies in general, just this nice veteran hitter Mm -hmm. who had a pretty good year this year, getting him in that outfield, ooh, that would be be nice. That would be nice. That would be pretty fun. But otherwise, knowing the Rockies, it would be something like, hey, let's bring back Billy Hamilton for some reason. <laughs> I don't know, but – Or a, <laughs> a 39-year-old Brett Gardner or something.
1: He can still I mean, go, man.
0: Billy <laughs> Hamilton does have incredible speed. Yes. And that's kind of he, he, he would is, be he's like that. a plus that. defender in center, but – Yeah, he would be that speedy outfielder that would just,
2: like, be the defensive replacement or something. Sure. But, no, Nick Castellanos, I think a lot of people, that's one they're hoping for. So, let's hope he opts out with the Reds.
1: I would love Castellanos. That is a good pick.
2: If nothing else, for the meme purposes.
1: Oh, of course. Of course. Can't say anything uh, sad or upsetting on a Rockies broadcast ever again. I will say, I do actually really like the concept of Kevin Gossman, too. Um, Boy, Who can I think of that's not those two? Because those are pretty much like my list, actually, were those two guys as well. Hot take, I wouldn't mind seeing Adam Atavino come by. Uh, He's set to be a free agent uh, this season, too. I know the Rockies' bullpen is sort of starting to establish itself now, but obviously he was a very, very good arm for their bullpen in a time where they really needed good arms in their bullpen. Um, So I wouldn't hate seeing him come back around uh, after playing some time in the American League uh, but that's honestly the only other thing I can think of as far as realistic options, because you're, you're two between Gossman and Castellanos. I really like those two picks. So let us know on Twitter. Who would you all pick? Uh, is there a free agent we have thought of? Let us know.
0: There's plenty of of people I would target. It's just hard to narrow it down to people you would consider like a dream option. Because sure. I'd be down with, say, maybe buying low on Michael Conforto and seeing if he could turn it around.
1: yeah. Stick so him in um, your left field, maybe.
0: Yeah, or um, Jose Marmolejos out of the Mariners system, who mm-hmm. would be very cheap and has some solid pop
1: in his bat. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like, uh, like you said, sort of buy and low and see if some guys can come back. I like it. Yeah. I like
0: if it. the the if we're not talking like dream options, sure. If we did sign someone like Nick Castellanos, who has a uh, player option with Cincinnati of like sixteen million. Or uh, Kevin Gaussman, who is probably going to get paid very handsomely this offseason. And, you know, the Rockies always have to pay additional for free agent pitchers for the course field tax. And we haven't really signed a marquee free agent pitcher in decades at this point. Yeah, yeah. Since the the Mike Hampton and Denny Nagel contracts. And we know how
1: that's worked out.
2: I do have one absolutely like fantasy, like this do would it. actually be a dream signing, do but it. we know it's never gonna happen. Uh, I would have loved to see Freddie Freeman come to Colorado.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: That, just, but we have C.J. Crone, which is perfectly fine. We'll get into that later. But you no, know, Freddie Freeman, man in first base for a bit, with that bat and that defense, mm-hmm. oh, and just that personality, oh, it would have been. It would
1: have been nice. Impossible not to cheer for, isn't he? You got, you gotta love Freddie. Everyone loves Freddie Freeman. Excellente. So, yeah, let us know, man. If you guys are listening, let us know uh, who you would like the Rockies to pick up in this offseason, if you only have one pick. But, speaking of offseason, who is the man that will be in charge of making these high-level decisions? We officially know. Uh, There was talk that the Rockies would maybe look outside their organization in this offseason for their new official, potentially, you know, GM for the long-term future, And they have found their man. Uh, We are officially in the Bill Schmidt era. He was given the temporary job through the end of the 2021 season. And it has officially been made official uh, that he is the GM for the Rockies for the foreseeable future. This is probably going to take up a good chunk of this year' conversation today. Let's just be honest. But, um, yeah, I mean pretty open-ended question for whoever wants to talk on this first man officially locked in with bill schmidt as the gm of the rockies i know we all have some very uh you know strong opinions about this one way or the other skylar and evan what do y'all make of this now that bill schmidt is officially the guy
2: i love the dead silence because that's kind of how everybody was after yeah <laughs> after yeah, the announcement it
1: really was what do you make of it
2: uh, I if, if initial reaction was that it is just kind of disappointing mm-hmm. because, you know, we all were set up believing that they would be doing an oh at least an interview process after the season. But ultimately, it was something we all knew was going to happen or presumed was probably going to happen, that Bill Schmidt was going to get the full-time job. Mm-hmm. And so those initial kind of reactions you now that you see on Twitter and that everybody kind of had was – well, why even say you're gonna, you know, conduct an interview of outside candidates after the season, if you're just gonna stick with the guy that's down the hall? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's a lot of people upset, and it's it is concerning in those aspects that they're staying in house. It's still the same, you know, brain trust that are still making these decisions. Nothing's really changed. You know, that's the initial perception that it's going to be a lot more of the same and nothing's really going to rock the boat, which sometimes can be good, but in the Rockies' case, a lot of the time it's kind of been bad that they've been doing the same thing over and over. Yeah. So those were kind of the first initial reactions, but you know, sitting down and just thinking it through of like, yeah, I'm not happy with it, but still let's see what he can do. He at least is building up his baseball ops. The analytics is trying to get – Built up again, he's a personable guy, he's not Jeff Bridi, so let's just see what he can do here in this in a season or two or a couple of seasons. If there's no signs of progress, that's when it's going to become concerning, and you know it doesn't really matter who's in the GM seat because nothing's changing so mm-hmm. it's concerning, but you still got to hopefully maintain some sort of optimism, give the guy the benefit of the doubt. And just hope and pray he does something worthwhile to help improve this team and make them competitors.
1: I We're going to get into the signings that he recently made here in just a little bit. But with those signings being done, does that change your opinion at all?
2: A little bit. I think what was nice is those were signings. The Sensatella signing, looking at that earlier, but it was, that one was out of nowhere. You're like, oh, I never thought of that one. But yeah, that one actually looks good. Uh huh. know, oh, happy to have CJ Krohn back. No, I, I was fine if he left. I was fine if he stayed. But, you know, him initially making moves, being proactive right away, before hitting the off season and having to compete with other teams for Crone, you know, it shows that he might be proactive and they want to try and you know, be competitors in the market. So, it's a step in the right direction. But he's still got a lot to do to build goodwill with the with the fans and everybody.
1: Yeah. What do you got on Bill Schmidt, Evan? So I'm on record on this
0: podcast as saying that I considered the uh, full-time promotion of Bill Schmidt to general manager to be one of the worst possible outcomes Mm -hmm. for a general manager race, as it were. uh, Especially because the Rockies did make a big to-do in their announcements of saying that they would be conducting a search outside the organization. And I don't know, you know, who they could have brought in um, to to discuss that job, but instead they went with Schmidt, who's been with the organization since 1999, and a lot of people are very um, pensive about it, especially after the trade deadline this year. My question has been recently: how much? power did Bill Schmidt actually have during that trade deadline and as the interim general manager because uh, as we know uh, Rocky's owner Dick Monfort can be uh, to put it lightly a little bit meddlesome and likes to think that he is the you know the be-all end-all of knowing baseball stuff mm-hmm. and he was really pushing for having everything being done by committee over the deadline and now that you know, Bill Schmidt is the full general manager, you know, less than a week after he was officially named these two big contracts drop. And, you know, we don't really know how the rest of the off season is going to play out. I'm not, I was not thrilled with the appointment. I'm still not, but after the two quick and I think important contracts that he pulled out, I am definitely willing to give him you know, the the offseason and the season to at least see what he does and give him that benefit of the doubt. The The main thing for me is that, one, Schmidt has said that he is interested in rebuilding the analytics department and views it as an important tool. To that end, the Rockies have brought in um, former Washington National Senior Analyst Scott Van Lenten as the head of their R&D and analytics department. They are yeah. hiring a bunch of analytics people right now. And I think that's really important. He's also talked about uh, how important he views the the mental health and mental aspect of the game, which I think is also very important. And then certainly, he also says that he wants to use every uh, possible avenue to improve the team. He said that he would look at free agents. He said that he would want to conduct trades and I, A big thing about Bill Schmidt for me is that he has a good reputation around the league as a good baseball guy and people seem to like him versus Jeff Breidich as the the Rockies general manager. The Rockies are a very insular team, but the general scuttlebutt was that a lot of teams were really put off by Jeff They They really didn't want to deal with him or enjoy talking with him and that caused the rockies to be even more insular and so now that we have a guy who you know is viewed as pretty affable and is respected and liked around the league i wonder how that will affect our ability to make trades and sign free agents and so i'm willing to you know sit back and and wait and see and you know i'll be accused of being uh a, shill, a paid shill by the organization or something like that for saying that we should give him you know, at least the year to give him a chance but what's done is done, he is signed, he is the general manager so now all we can do is you know, sit back, watch and see what he does
1: I'll kind of combine our next two topics here so we can kind of keep talking about that, the next thing on our list uh, is obviously very important to Bill Schmidt because it was his first two signings of the offseason, we've got uh, by the way, Evan reported both these on our website so shout to my man for doing that We've got extensions for both Antonio Sensatella and for CJ Crone. Crone on a two-year deal, and then, of course, Senzatella signed through at least 2026, depending on some uh, options after that. With these two signings in mind, it's safe to say that like we... How do I say this? Crone and Senzatella were very important to a Rockies team that absolutely was not great this year, but I think was better than expected this year. For me personally, speaking just for myself, I love these two signings. I think that bringing Sensatella back was, you know, probably not much less important than bringing back John Gray or potentially Trevor Story. I mean, I I think that making sure, not bringing him back because he was going over, but just making sure that this young, successful Rockies pitching core is locked in was and should continue to be priority like 1A. And this is just for me, right? Just speaking for myself. But making sure that this Rocky staff is locked in and staying with the team for a good long while should be the absolute top priority. And so for me, this is a step in the right direction in that sense. The CJ Crone deal, sort of like Skyler said, would not have been the worst thing in the world to me if he walked, but I have no problem bringing him back. He's good, played a good, strong first base. We've said it many times on the podcast, probably one of the better first basemen the Rockies have had since Helton retired, maybe since, you know, Justin Morneau was around. So I really uh, have no issue with CJ Crone coming back and holding down the first base spot for the next couple of years. So I do like these first couple steps from Schmidt. I agree with you that there is a lot of apathy surrounding the hire of someone who is very much considered a brightest light. Whether or not that is fair or unfair, that's sort of what the, you know, the consensus was. But these two signings, it's sort of the same question I asked Skyler, like, with these two signings being done so quickly after the offseason, does that in any way, like, change your perception of Schmidt? For either one of you, whoever wants to take that one.
0: For me, it definitely did, because less than a week after he was officially appointed, he wheels around and gets these two, I think, very important contracts done. Um especially, he's only 26 years old. He was... One of the Rockies' most consistent and valuable starting pitchers this year, save for you know that last outing um, of the season where you know things just sort of broke down, he rattled off seven quality starts in a row. He was really, really a strong pitcher in our rotation, and the fact that he's so young and can continue developing when he's already been developing really well. Since Taylor is 26 years old. And we have already seen him make huge leaps and bounds in his career where, you know, when he first came into the league, there were some concerns about him, especially with, you know, he had a, he had a very limited pitch arsenal and uh, his inability to strike people out and the strikeout issue got worse as he got on. But then this year, posted uh, a career high in strikeouts with 105, while still not striking out a ton of batters. Like, his strikeouts per nine is only six. That's not very good. But he's a ground ball specialist who can avoid runs being scored and keep the ball from being hit out of the park. He had the least amount of home runs given up by the entire Rockies rotation. Mm -hmm. So I'm really, really happy with the Senza Taylor extension. I've seen a couple people say that they think – It's a little bit too much money, but I really disagree. This locks him down through at least 2026. We're only paying him 7.25 million next year in 2023. And then that increases to 12 million uh, for the 2024 through 2026 seasons. And then he has a uh, $14 million club option in 2027. And I think if he continues to develop and be consistent the way that he has, That's a, that's a great deal for a very solid young pitcher who is, he's well liked in the clubhouse. He's Erman's like best friend on the team and he's just such a lovable guy. I love Sensi. And then, and then the CJ Krohn deal, I, I agree that like, if he had walked, it wouldn't have been the end of the world, but bringing him back on a two year deal was exactly what I wanted. Mm-hmm. because the next man up for true first-base prospect is Michael Toglia, and he's just not ready. He um, he ended the season in AA Hartford, but he really struggled with that jump up, and I think he's going to need that time to continue to develop, and that's totally fine. But in the meantime, we have a guy who put up the best season by a Rockies first baseman since Justin Morneau. Uh, Best war overall with 3.4 since Justin Morneau at the same number. Um, Second highest batting average since Justin Morneau. Highest on base percentage. Highest slugging percentage and second most home runs. Uh, First most being Mark Reynolds in 2017. So I am very happy with him coming back. He had a fabulous season in Colorado this year, especially with being you know, one of the best hitters in all of baseball in the month of August, he put up career numbers and club high numbers in a bunch of different categories. And I think it really showed that he had that, he had that uh, off season knee surgery before he signed that minor league deal with the Rockies uh, for the 2021 season. And I think it really showed that healthy and getting consistent playing time, what he can do. Mm -hmm. And I am totally down with him him being around for another two years i'm really happy with both of these signings
1: yeah skylar do you think that the speed specifically at which these two were done make an impact at all like we knew you know it's great that he re-signed them at all but do you think because it was done so quickly you know not sitting on their hands which is immediately making these kinds of moves does that change your in your perception at all Uh,
2: it's a step in the right direction because some of the rockies have always done and to their detriment is kind of the wait and see approach uh-huh you know instead of kind of being actively going out there and getting some that's kind of why we lost dj lemayhew because they sat and waited to i guess try to see if his price would go down instead of kind of being proactive because dj wanted to stay but instead they kind of sat and waiting and see and then oh we're going to be proactive and get just or get daniel murphy instead mm-hmm. and we all know how that turned out but so the the speed can be helpful, uh, specifically with Krohn, because they didn't want to risk you know, facing outside competition with other teams. However, these two signings still kind of felt like easy, softball, safe uh, moves for Schmidt to make because they're known commodities. Because we already know about Sensatella. We know what Krohn can do. Let's keep them in the fold. But with Bill Schmidt, the thing that's really going to – change any perception on him is what does he do to improve the team in this coming off season? What moves does he make to try and make this team better than they are instead of mm-hmm. just sitting pat and yeah, we're just going to keep bringing back guys that we already know, which unfortunately kind of became the joke about Bill Schmidt here during the later part of the season when he kept bringing back known commodities to the Rockies. So right, it's good to be proactive and, Get ahead of the, get ahead of the curve, but there's still a lot that he needs to do to change yep. perception. Not only to me, but I think a lot of people in the public's eye of you know, what are you going to do to improve this team? What moves are you going to make? What people are you going to bring in that's new to this team that's going to make them better? Yep. So it's going to be it's interesting to it's going to be interesting to see what he does, but he's going to be under the eye of scrutiny from everybody from the outside. Absolutely. Even though he has that lifetime contract from the Rockies.
1: Yeah, and the lifetime contract part of it, that's a whole other, you know, point of reference, too, is the fact that Bill Schmidt is essentially the GM until he chooses not to be, you know, or until he might be relieved of his duties by uh, Dick Moffat at any point. That uh, is a whole kind of extra layer where this isn't a GM contract for the next 10 years. 10 years could be next, you know, 30 years, literally. So I will say I sort of agree with both of you guys. I think one thing that – and okay, this might just be my own little like headcanon that I'm reading too much into, but one thing that has really maligned the Rockies over the last few seasons is the idea that they can't hang on to some of their better players, right? I'm not going to list the names. We know the names. But that idea that the better players on the team don't want to play in Colorado. So I do appreciate the fact that just barely a week after being named the – GM of the Rockies, basically the top guy not named Monfort, he immediately signs one of their better pitchers in Santatella and one of their better offensive players this season in CJ Crone. Are those moves going to take them to the World Series this year? Probably not. Right? Like, that's a bit ridiculous. But I do appreciate the aggressiveness in saying, okay, this is the part of our team that worked. Let's make sure that this is going to stay consistent for the next couple years. And there's no telling that CJ Crohn could have as good a year next year as he had this year. There's no telling that, you know, uh, Antonio Santatella will not struggle next year. There's no way for us to know that. But I do appreciate the willingness to go out there and do a move like that because, as you both have sort of alluded to, we might not have seen a move like that done in off-seasons past. So you're right. It is very much a wait-and-see situation with Bill Schmidt. But I do appreciate, at the very least, and like to Evan's point earlier, I want to make real clear, none of us are like Rocky shills, Like none of us are guy. Like we're not being paid by the organization or nothing, but we are all, at least to this point, happy with the moves that have been made, and we are willing to see what happens in the coming weeks and months and years to see what moves are made to make the Rockies a better baseball team. Whether that will be successful or not, all we can do is wait. Yeah, Evan?
0: Because the... the outside moves people bringing in people from outside the organization isn't going to happen until after the world series. So there is nothing we can do on that. end except for, you know, wait and see, wait and see until after the world series and winter meetings and stuff like that. So in the meantime, if he can jump in early and get some guys that we want to keep around locked down, that is absolutely fabulous. And there, there's Mm -hmm. been some uh, concerns that we haven't heard anything from the John gray camp yet. And I'm not going to overly stress myself on that until he's got ink on paper, either here or somewhere else. Sure. The the season literally just ended a week ago, and um, there's I I view the the Senzatela signing is a little bit easier to get done quickly because he was still under team control and they can get that extension done quickly versus john is straight up a free agent now and you know maybe he wants to to relax a little bit before diving into contract discussions or stuff like that or maybe it's just they're giving it a little bit for the for the dust to settle from the season until john gray is officially gone or officially re-signed i don't have a lot to say on that
1: um yeah yeah.
0: And then out of the Trevor Story camp, we've heard that his camp is willing to listen to the the Rockies on offers. But their main thing is that they want to hear that the organization has a plan to win because Trevor Story said that winning is the most important thing to him, much like, you know, Nolan before him. So that's another thing of we're, we just got to sit and wait and see what happens until until afterwards.
1: Because you'll drive yourself crazy speculating.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's not going to be till November or later that a lot of the major signings are going to start. This was, um, for in-house moves, Bill Schmidt being proactive very early on Mm -hmm. just to get some things done. Being proactive and aggressive on that front. There is still plenty of time left for a lot of different things to happen, and all we can do is wait and see and then i wanted to uh real quickly share my thoughts on the his contract so it is a very very strange move to have a sort of open-ended contract like this of he's the general manager until he's not but i read this in two different ways the first way is yeah he has. he's the general manager until he decides to retire or step down or move on elsewhere but I also see it as the Rockies can relieve him of his duties whenever they so please if they feel as though things are not working out so the way I'm really seeing it is it's a mix of a very long leash and a very short leash
1: so it's not where, quite as like guaranteed as one might think at first glance
0: yeah where if he does a great job then he can be around for as long as he wants. But if he does mm-hmm. a bad job and people are very clearly unhappy with what's going on, they can pull the cord early because mm-hmm. he doesn't have a set term to his contract. That's really interesting. That's
1: really interesting.
2: But I, I'm in the camp where I'd rather he have a duration, you know, a set, you know, however long, three to five years or something, because then it kind of gives you that deadline of, hey, we need to be at this place by the end of your contract, so to speak, because that kind of gives you some of that urgency because the Rockies do have some of this tendency. They've given some lifetime contract offers in the past. Uh I know Jim Tracy had been offered one to stay as the manager, and he's like, yeah, no. (laughs) Uh Because he and Dan O'Dowd kind of had that handshake agreement where O'Dowd's like, you can be there as long as you want. And it was Jim Tracy like, yeah, I'm not doing that uh-huh eventually and because i still don't think the rockies know that they have the power to fire people uh nowadays because they haven't really fired many people since you no know, trade clint hurdle yeah right? that's what it feels like sometimes oh no, yeah so it, that's the concerning part is you just i don't like the idea of him getting to choose when and where he stops i like the idea of a contract but like we were saying, it's hopefully it is more kind of what Evan was saying. Of it's more so on the Rockies end. Of you're gonna go until we don't think you're, you no know, things aren't working out, or we need to change because that it's a rough thing to tell a guy you're in charge until you don't want to be anymore. Uh huh. Because you never know when that guy's gonna give up his power. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just look at Julius Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> History.
1: What an amazing metaphor. But Bill it, Schmidt is Julius Caesar. You heard it here first.
2: <laughs> and hopefully he does a lot of good for the Rockies, but it, he's got to have some sort of internal deadline of, I got to get stuff done by this year. Uh, by yeah. 2024, we need to be like this. We need to win our division by 2024. Yep. Or I mean, something like that. It's entirely
0: possible that there is an internal clock running. The Rockies are... Like we said, very insular. Um, so it's possible that they have a, you know, behind closed doors, all right, you have until this amount of time sort of thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Do, did either of you know what Jeff Breidich's contract, like, duration was supposed to be? Or,
1: ooh, did anybody know that? <laughs> That's I what I, I wanted to grab that here, real quick. I don't want to mess up uh, <laughs> making uh, Evan edit too much here, but let me see if we can get a quick look. To, uh, to, make a, contract to, be? to
2: make a joke metaphor, I I sincerely hope, like Evan was saying, I hope there's like a moon from like Majora's Mask style, sitting <laughs> in like Bill Schmidt's office, and it's slowly descending, over however long he has, to get the team in a winning position. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just gonna like crash and kind of just do something. You
1: know. And this is just by glancing through some articles here as we talk. So I might be completely off base here, but just glancing through articles, I don't believe that Breidich ever had a contract really either. It yeah, does not, not look like there not one money. that I can find. It does not look like there was any one that was like very specific on times and dates. It Looks like he sort of had a similar uh, concept to what we see here, where it was more just kind of you're the GM until you aren't.
2: What a weird way to do business.
1: It is, isn't it? Where there's no real guarantees of any sort of time frames. Or at least, you know, not outwardly, like Evan said.
2: Because, like, after the Yankees just lost in the wild card, their GM, Brian Cashman, I was seeing all these reports, like, Brian Cashman still has three years left on his contract with the Yankees. And I was like, man, like, I don't know if I've ever heard the Rockies ever have, like, a contract, like, discussion like that of, of saying, well, the Rockies lost this, but G- general manager Jeff Breidich or Dan O'Dowd still has two years on his contract with the team. Right. I, I don't know if I've ever heard anything like that.
0: That's a really the good Rockies power. are a super bizarre organization to begin with, with how True. they run things, especially True. with their, um, their perception as being overly loyal to people within the organization already. And going back to a point that y'all raised earlier is that it's really tough to remember people that they have actually dismissed from their duties. Exactly. Uh, Jeff Breidich resigned technically. Uh, Dan O'Dowd left uh, versus being fired. So the Rockies, the Rockies are a strange organization with the way they do things to begin with. Um, So I really don't know what else to make other than what I've, what I've posited currently. Yeah. It's just, you know, who knows? Because the, the two people that they uh, elevated to assistant general managers who are going to be, uh, Bill Schmidt's right-hand men have also been in the organization for a really long time. You have uh, Zach Rosenthal out of Baseball Operations and General Counsel who has been with the team since 2006. And you have Danny Montgomery who's been with the team since Gosh, the inception. Even longer than that. I, I think he's been there since yeah. the beginning.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Zach Rosenthal, uh, I do want to give a shout-out to. He was actually one of my uh, internal candidates for either interim or full-time general manager. If we were going to bring in someone from within the organization Mm. back when, uh, Jeff Breidich first resigned. So, so there's that, but it's, it's a very, it's a very Rockies move still that the, the two people who are assistant general managers are people who Bill Schmidt has worked with for pretty much the whole time. He's been with the organization and really, you know, the the major person that we brought in from outside was Scott Van Lenten for our director of R&D.
1: Mm-hmm. Man, heavy stuff getting into, like, the potential future of the Rockies. We desperately need to take an ad break, so let's go ahead and get that done with. But we're not done talking about this. We're going to just come back around, kind of finish up our conversation on uh, the new, you know, Rockies GM situation. Then we'll get a little bit into the Arizona Fall League before touching on the currently ongoing – major league playoffs so stick with us through this ad break we'll be back here in just a minute welcome back to affected by altitude appreciate you sticking with us through the ad break before the ad break we were talking about the big news of the week which is that bill schmidt is the rockies new gm during the break uh we were talking a little bit about just some more about the extensions and what they mean for the rockies future and skylar you had some thoughts on uh, specifically cj crone right
2: yeah with cj crone getting signed obviously barring any injuries or any other unforeseen circumstances that he's going to be our primary first baseman for the next two years and Mm -hmm. Evan talked a little bit about that being time preparation for Michael Toglia which is absolutely same line of thinking for me that's a great plan but I'm also wondering what implications this has on the roster for guys like Colton Welker uh, and Eli Montero who's was tearing it up in triple a near the end of the season and who's getting really close to being ready for the big leagues just what implications does it have for some of these other corner infielders Uh, for the rockies because cj crone most likely playing first base most every day what does that mean for some of these other guys who can play that position or who can play third where third base kind of seems locked up with ryan mcmahon so i don't know just Any thoughts you guys have on that as well? Because it's just something interesting to me, kind of the roster construction going forward and the roles guys will play uh, in the Rockies' future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What do you got, Evan? Anything else uh, on the Bill Schmidt conversation?
0: So I think a big part of what you're talking about with where some of these other corner infielders go with C.J. Cron being locked down is dependent on whether Brendan Rodgers is – with the likely exit of Trevor Story going to be the full-time shortstop or if he's going to stay at second base. Uh, Bud Black, in an interview on, I think it was Drew Goodman's podcast, over the last couple days, did say he had some interest in keeping Brennan Rodgers at second base because he's done really well there this season. But if Rogers moves full-time to shortstop, uh, we could see Ryan McMahon move back to second base full-time, which would free up third base, for Colton Welker or Elahiris Montero. Uh, Welker would probably be my first go-to for third base if he has a strong spring training and can sort of put things together. He uh, he got not a ton of opportunity, but a decent amount yeah. in sort of the waning days of the season where he was just sort of struggling. And I think a lot of that has to do with how little he actually played in the 2021 season due to that 80-game suspension. My concern with El Heroes Montero at third base is that he is kind of defensively terrible there. Uh, He had a ton of errors there this year. He's not got great footwork or great range out of the hot corner that you would normally want, and that actually led the Rockies to experimenting with playing him at first base, and he actually played a decent amount of games in Hartford at first base. But then when he got to Albuquerque first base is already pretty much locked down by, you know, Greg Bird and some other folks. So Mm -hmm. he played more third base again and, you know, he's just, that's something I need to see from him as an improvement defensively at third base before I say, all right, well, if this, this, and this happens, then this should be our, our third baseman going into the future.
2: Well, I also wonder what Eli Montero needs to get working with Stu Cole, because look at all the wonders that Stu Cole is, has rotted with the Rockies infield over the years, and you no, know, I think part of that is Montero not quite ready to be that defensive third baseman that we need. Um, hopefully, there's a DH, and that kind of opens up a spot for him on the team because if we could get him as a DH, hitting pretty good, if he had that opportunity, if he was ready for that, hey, that's great. But yeah, I'm along with Evan that middle infield. What they decide to do there in that middle infield kind of is the linchpin now, of the makeup of that Rockies infield because you have Krohn at first, Rogers or somebody at second, Rogers or McMahon at second, Rogers or some other person at short, and then Welker or McMahon at third. So those three positions now need to really get ironed out and. Bill Schmidt will have to look at the free agent market. I think that's something else that Bud Black mentioned in that interview with Drew Goodman that they more likely would probably look at shortstop improvements, whether through free agency or trades or just even in-house, just kind of looking at shortstop more so than second, which I'm fine with that. If Rodgers stays at second, you put McMahon at third, maybe just maybe Colton Welker turns into a trade chip somewhere. And you can improve in the outfield or get a bullpen piece that way. Mm-hmm. Something like that.
0: Because like uh, no. there are there are so many things that the Rockies need to make decisions on this offseason. Yeah. Be yeah. it the future of outfield guys like Jonathan Daza and Raimel Tapia and maybe even Sam Hilliard. To in the infield, you know, if they're looking for a guy to play shortstop, they have the option of converting Ryan Valade back into a shortstop, his original draft position. Yeah. So... It really is just. There's a lot of things we need to see what they do on the matter, because uh, there are. It's a, it's a big free agent shortstop draft class, and, and middle infielders as well. Heck, maybe the Rockies will surprise us and make a huge splash for someone like Marcus Simeon or something. Mm. But, I, I, to be fair, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to be way outside of our price range, considering how well he did this season. But. Sure the the rockies have a lot of decisions they need to make here and a lot of you know positional decisions as well for people who are, are sticking around like if there is a dh next year does charlie blackman move majority as a designated hitter and free up right field for a younger guy does cj crone Split reps between starting first baseman and DH to give Colton Welker or El Hiros Montero first base playing time, that kind of thing. There's just a whole lot of unknowns right now in regards to where things go from here.
2: And perhaps that's, that's why they went ahead and hired Bill Schmidt rather than wait until after the season to run through a whole interview gauntlet and everything so they could have a plan as soon as free agency, as soon as the final day of the season ends offseason begins Uh they can hit the ground running which Uh personally if that was the intention and that's the plan and they have a plan that they're formulating throughout this entire postseason so that they are ready to go day one of the offseason and they know what they want to do and they can get it done that'll go a long way in changing the for me personally the perception of bill schmidt's hiring sure if they can hit the ground running right away instead of wasting time of well, we interviewed this guy and we didn't like him. We didn't we interviewed this uh, guy and we didn't like him, but we like Bill. So if they can hit the ground running, this will be good and help them very, figure out all these decisions. Like,
1: What a transformative offseason for the Rockies, isn't it? Because like you both have said this entire time, like there are a lot of decisions to make. You know, like that's That's kind of the thing about a season like the one the Rockies just had where, okay, yeah, obviously not really in playoff contention almost really ever. You've got a lot of players that are sort of bopping between AAA and the Major League level. So you always hear the conversation about like, okay, we're really just trying to figure out who is going to stay a part of this rebuild that's not being called a rebuild, right? Well, now some of those decisions are going to have to start being made. You guys said, you know, you got your Welkers as a potential trade trip. You've got maybe the futures of Daza and maybe the futures of Tapia and potentially Hilliard. Um, Obviously they've decided that they want Antonio Sensatella to be a part of the long-term, you know, rebuild. So it's really interesting kind of seeing now the conversations really start becoming has this guy shown us enough that we're going to keep him around for the next generation of Colorado Rockies teams and Bill Schmidt will be at the forefront of those decisions.
0: Yeah. Especially with even in the minor leagues, with with Triple A especially, there are a lot of guys where the Rockies are going to need to decide what is the future of this player. Alan Trejo, I think, has shown more than enough that he's ready to be a be given a consistent big league chance, but where does he fit into the plans in the future? He's a he's a middle infielder where he could be playing shortstop or he could be playing second base next season, or the Rockies could be trying to trade him. He had a incredible season in triple a albuquerque this year but the rockies need to figure out what they're doing with him greg bird is set to be a free agent the rockies need to decide if they're going to uh, bring him back or not we need Mm -hmm. to figure out what's going on with ryan Mm rollison and ryan feltner and tons of different players in the minor league levels where you know one of bill schmidt's first orders of business is going to be figuring out what the plan is for all of these guys
1: absolutely Lots to think about, man. Lots of work to be done. Okay, we have a bit of time left, so we'll touch on some less heavy subjects. Sort of bottom line of all this is, Bill Schmidt's the new GM. Let's see what happens. You know, throw your hands up and let's just see what happens with all these guys and all these moves being made. Uh, A couple quick hits, speaking of all these minor leaguers. Arizona Fall League, of course, will be uh, coming up here in uh, just a little while. Our boy, Justin Wick, who was on the podcast last week, he also runs... The uh, Pebble Report podcast with uh, Kenneth on the Pro staff will be part of the social media team for the Arizona Fall League, so keep an eye out for all of Justin's great work on that in this here Arizona Fall League season. But the Rockies have some uh, names going down the AFL. We got guys like Ryan Vallade, Michael Toglia, you know Willie McIver, Greg Bird. We got a lot of you know names that are kind of coming off of maybe shortened seasons, some injuries like Jordan Sheffield, and also some guys just looking to get some more work in. Uh, who are you looking to see in the Arizona Fall League? And what are you looking to see out of these players, given some more baseball time?
0: Uh, so I will say real quick, rather than Greg Bird, it is Jake Bird, a right-handed I'm pitcher sorry. who spent the end of last season with uh, A Albuquerque. He is uh, ranked number 50 in our midseason uh, Purple Row Prospect rankings.
1: That's why you keep me honest, Devin. I appreciate you.
0: Uh, the big guys that I want to see stuff from in Arizona Fall League um, – My number one is Willie McIver. Willie McIver had a fabulous start of his season in high A Spokane, uh, was in the All-Star Futures game, and then got promoted to Dudley Hartford, and things just sort of fell apart where he really struggled adjusting to the next step up. And I think Arizona Fall League is going to be really important to his development for seeing if he can put things together when he is likely going to start Uh, potentially in triple a next year because he ended the season in triple a they promoted him to fill a spot there and he he played a couple games not many but that's his possible landing spot there and Willie McIver was such a promising start to the season it was really really tough to watch him struggle in Hartford because we know he's a he's a very talented young man I'm very high on him we ranked him at uh, number 22 in our purple row prospect ranking mid-season MLB Pipeline has him ranked at number 25 in the organization's top 30, uh, and really sort of the next catcher up, while guys like Drew Romo develop. So I would, I want to see what he does uh, with this opportunity. Uh, a lot of the other guys, I think, are are looking for some polish, especially Ryan Velade and Michael Toglia. Um, Velade especially, he had a he had a short cup of coffee up here in the big leagues at the end of the season and made his debut on the 18th of September. He's the organization's number five prospect per MLB pipeline and uh purple row ranked him at number 10 mid season, where I think for him, it's just sort of trying to get some final polish to officially call him big league ready. Um, same for Michael Toglia. Um, an interesting name that I saw on here. So we have a lot of guys heading to play winter ball, um, like, a like Sam Hilliard, but instead going to the Arizona fall league is Jordan Sheffield, who had a really promising start and finish to the season, but missed a whole chunk of the middle with that, uh, oblique injury. And he's headed to the Arizona fall league. And I think that's interesting. My guess with that is he just wants to get consistent pitching innings. Um, with how much he missed out this season. He only pitched something like 30 total innings this year when all was said and done. So I think that's really interesting that he's going to, you know, the the league where it's mostly going to be prospects and stuff like that, where, you know, he's coming off of his rookie season.
1: Absolutely. Great breakdown, Evan. Appreciate that, man. I know you are a big Willie McCarver guy, man. I hope he does well, uh, you know, Evan, uh, towards the start of the season, or at least earlier on in the season, wrote a great article breaking down the history of Rockies catchers. And hopefully Will McIver can kind of join that pantheon of uh, what has been not the greatest position in the Rockies history. So I'd love to see McIver do well. Uh, What you got for us, Skyler?
2: Uh, So I'll, I'll keep this short. The two things that I'm really looking for is for the offensive players. I just want to see them have good plate discipline. So cut down on strikeouts. Uh work on putting Uh the ball in play Uh, because I personally am still a big believer in batting average, that it's a very good tool to use uh, to get a glimpse of kind of what a guy's doing. Uh, Mm -hmm. So ideally I'd like to see them just increase their – really their on base, get on base, hit the ball, get those averages, but really ultimately cut down on strikes, strikeouts offensively because that's something that the Rockies organization as a whole struggles with, is drawing walks and cutting down on strikeouts. So that's Definitely. something I like to see them work on there in the Arizona Fall League. And then same type of thing with the pitchers that are going is basically work on that whip. Look at their whip and cut down on walks and your hits in the innings that you're pitching. So really learning how to become lockdown relievers that can come in and have a clean one, two, three inning. Or so in throwing strikes, limiting walks that they're issuing, and preventing hits as best they can. Because you get a pitcher with a really good whip, you're in business. So those are kind of the things I want to see from both the offen- the position players going and the pitchers that are going.
1: I like it. Just cause it's good sound baseball, huh?
2: Yeah. That's really what you want them is just playing good baseball.
1: Absolutely. Dig that. And then uh, that's enough Rockies news for today, so let's get into Major League news, which is, of course, pretty much going to exclusively be around the postseason. We officially have seen the first two eliminations of the postseason, somewhat surprisingly to some people. We saw the Red Sox beat the Yankees in the American League wildcard game, and then in the National League wildcard game, we saw this great contest between the Dodgers and the Cardinals, which saw the Dodgers win in walk-off fashion. Now, of course, they move on, and we, as we record on here this Friday... It's postseason Friday. We got four different games going on, so all kinds of baseball happening today. But we saw the wild card games uh, come and go. What y'all think of the wild card games? Do you enjoy them? Were you surprised at their outcomes? Would you, you know, or your thoughts of the wild card game experience?
0: They were fun. The, uh, <laughs> the American League wild card game, uh, I thought, was kind of meh, just because the the Red Sox sort of took hold and never let go pretty early on. Versus mm-hmm. the National League one was really long and really close,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but I I wasn't surprised to see the Yankees get eliminated. I think they were just kind of overall the weaker team, and Garrett Cole really was not on his A game. Yeah. Versus uh, Nathan Eovaldi was was really consistent with his delivery in that wild card game. But then the Red Sox have such a tall order in beating the Rays, and they got yes. wrecked last night. Um, huge home run from andy Randy Rosarena, A home run from Nelson what a Cruz is, isn't he? a Rosarena stole home. yeah, he did. it was uh it was not a good game for them, and so they definitely would need a rebound. I'm not sure. Uh, if they have it in them to beat Tampa and move on. But I, I think they need to, for their fans and for their, their team composition to show uh, that they're moving in the right direction here continually, is that they need to at least take a game or two from them.
1: Absolutely. The uh, Garrett Cole, man. My man is seeing Kyle Schwarber in his nightmares. Yeah, as we record today... We have got uh, all four games happening. It is game two of the American League Division Series. The Houston Astros beat the White Sox in game one. And then, as Evan mentioned, the Rays beat the Red Sox in game one. And then we have game one of the National League Division Series also happening tonight. That's where the Brewers will be facing off against the um, uh, excuse me, the uh, Braves. And then, of course, the first time ever in postseason history, huge rivalry between the Giants and... And the Dodgers. What did those games catch your attention the most, Skylar? Uh,
2: anything that doesn't involve teams I don't like. So I will only be (laughs) (laughs) uh, mostly. I like watching like the Brewers and Braves. uh, Yeah. Because I couldn't care less about the Giants and Dodgers. I will unfortunately have to pick the Giants, I guess, because I don't like the Dodgers.
1: Pain in his voice when he said, "I don't like
2: either of them," but. Yeah, that's the big one. Then the American League, it's whatever. No, I like all those matchups, like the Rays. I like the White Sox. I'll take the Astros if I absolutely have to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was <laughs> the interesting thing was the other night watching the Dodgers and Cardinals one because that one was also kind of conflicting. I think for a lot of people, Colorado because one, it's you know. There's Nolan Arenado playing with his new team in the wild card, mm-hmm. and I, partly you want him to succeed, but then also, I think deep down, a lot of people still kind of want that vindication of, yeah, like, I, I kind of want the Cardinals to lose just because, but then on the other hand, the alternative to rooting that is you had to root for the Dodgers for that to happen, which... I just feel dirt. No. I feel like I need to take a shower just saying that.
0: <laughs> but th- that game—you could say that people wanted to be vindicated, but they were <laughs> selfish and they were wrong. But yeah. they were right. They swear they were right. Swear they knew it all along.
2: <laughs> it, it, I just hate how predictable the outcome of that Dodgers Cardinals wild card was. Where oh, you even saw some people on on Twitter saying like, "This game's gonna end in a walk off home run by the Dodgers," and it totally did by Chris Taylor. Yeah. Who is a notable, also a Rocky killer, and yes, just breaking Nolan Arnado's heart
0: yet again? But uh, that game was that, that was a that was a tough game for Cardinals fans because you know Wayno had things pretty locked down, and then the offense just completely choked. They were mm-hmm. like one for eleven with runners in scoring position. They left a ton of people on base. Uh, Nolan himself had a pretty bad game where he was zero for four and uh, you know you gotta you gotta feel like the the pitching staff for most of that game delivered until that walk-off home run and just the offense's complete inability to get things going Mm -hmm. just killer isn't it yeah just completely shut that down and now we have to root for the giants to bounce the dodgers
1: yeah, I, it's always got to be whoever's playing the Dodgers. It does not matter who they are. I, I'm not, I'm no, you know, I got no love law for the Giants, but it has to be the Giants over the Dodgers. I will say, the only scenario, and I mean only scenario, that I would have been okay with the Dodgers beating the Cardinals is if Albert Pujols had hit that walk-off home run. Because he put a charge into that thing when he came up for his pinch hit appearance. He, he you know, he put a drive into it, but... He ended up flying out to center field, but man, oh man, that would have been the story. You know what I mean? Like, that would have been the craziest thing I've ever seen. But with that said, yeah, I want the Giants to beat the Dodgers, and I want the White Sox to go far. You know, I have mentioned I'm sort of a secondary White Sox fan. I love that they are finally sort of seeing the fruits of their rebuild in action. So I'm hoping that the White Sox can put it together and beat the Astros and hopefully go deep into these uh, here playoffs. I don't know if they will, though. Pitching staff has been kind of meh.
0: I- yeah, at time of at time of recording the uh, the first game of the day in the White Sox Astros is is just now getting started, and the White Sox are up, but you need to wait and see how the the pitching staff does. Lance Lynn in game one yesterday really got beat up. did did not look good. Um, got beat up because the Astros do not strike out, and Lynn you know relies on his fastball and striking people out. And they're good fastball hitters, and they mm-hmm. just pounced on him.
1: I got Gilito throwing a good game today, though. That's my, like, pick-to-click or whatever. Hey, he's, he... Three days from whenever you guys will hear this. <laughs> he's
0: about to take the mound here. Uh, top of the first just concluded, where, uh, unfortunately, the White Sox left two men stranded, but did score a run. So it's 1-0 White Sox going into the bottom Beautiful. of the first right now.
1: Let us know how the game ended up in the future, please, because we're stuck in the past. One thing
2: I will say is how much more fun would that American League wildcard game had been if it had been the Mariners and the Blue Jays? So much oh, better. Oh, goodness. 100%. If even so one of those better. teams had been in it, it would have been so much better. So
1: much better. Absolutely. I was I was heartbroken. So was Kyle Seeger. The video of – I was going to say literally oh, I was gonna say yeah. the exact same thing, man. Tough to watch, you know. God love for that guy, man. I'd love for both those teams. Yeah,
0: and it's it's pretty clear that he's he's not coming back like people keep saying. Done, yeah. Oh, the door's still open for him to come back, but we've heard absolutely nothing. Uh Kyle and his wife just sold their house in the area. I I think he's not coming back to the Mariners.
1: Uh oh, That's um oh, it's tough, man. Yeah. It's tough to hear. <laughs> and
0: <laughs> end of an era. there. 10 years with, end the, of an with era. the club.
1: That's so true. Rockies pick him up? We'll see. Uh, that's it. That's all we got for today. Any closing thoughts, gentlemen?
2: Waluigi was robbed.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) So, uh, Skylar, where can the people find you on Twitter? Find me at at
2: sideline underscore crowd.
1: Hit Skylar up and uh, let him know why you think Waluigi should have been in Smash. And uh, Evan, where can the people find you? Uh,
0: You can find me at at Evan underscore Lang two seven love to hear from you you can also hit us up at the affected by altitude twitter account which is at altitude effect
1: beautiful and you can hit me up at cormac battle pro which is c-o-r-m-a-c battle pro come talk to me about the rockies and the mlb playoffs and the fact that sora is in super smash brothers yes dude so stoked talk to me about that on twitter please because i'll never get tired of seeing it Thanks, as always, for joining us here on Affected by Altitude. We'll be back at some point next week. We haven't really decided yet, but we want to do our year-end uh, sort of review. We actually kind of threw this podcast on just because the Bill Schmidt news was so big it warranted a whole extra podcast. So hang out with us, and let's see uh, where the off-season takes us. Skyler, if you would not mind.
2: Farewell.
1: And we're out. Thanks, y'all.